sit back, relax. Take the weight off your feet. Easy for you to say. We're here to take all your problems away. Mate, I've got to be honest, I think that's a little bit beyond what we're capable of. Okay, okay, okay. We're here to take one of your problems away. Oh, I think that even that's a stretch. <laughs> My name's Thomas. <laughs> and I'm Joe. Grab your jam. <laughs> Grab your clotted cream. It's time for a cream tea. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Time for a Cream Tea for the final time. I am Joe. And I'm Thomas. Thomas, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm living life. You know, everything's kind of happening at the minute. Anything uh, big happen in your life? No, week? nothing. No? No, I'm only uh, buying a house. Oh. Got engaged. Oh. Got a new dog. Oh. That's it. Mate, three big events. Congratulations. Proud of you. Thanks. Yeah, that's been the biggest thing. It's been stressful. <laughs> Thomas, that's great. <laughs> you said my name 12 times. Uh. <laughs> Thomas, that's great. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Proud of you. What about you? Oh mate, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I'm I'm excited actually. Oh blimey, really? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am excited. That's incredible. And, and I'll tell you for why. Because Go on, tell me. Time, tell me. For the first time in time for a cream tea history, <gasps> we actually are sharing a cream tea. People are listening? No, sorry. We got a cream tea. Yeah, we got a cream tea. tea. Yeah, I got, I got one bite I left. Have <laughs> <laughs> Look at the size of my cream tea. <laughs> I have. Did I wash this? Yeah, I it have shrunk. I have spread my jam and I have dolloped my cream. <laughs> dolloped my cream. And you're shoving it in your mouth. I'm shoving it right in my mouth. <laughs> How many innuendos can we get in one podcast? Let's see if we can get cancelled. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we got a cream tea, which is lovingly provided <laughs> by, by our sponsors, <laughs> Baker's uh, Cornish Bakehouse. Uh, who are actually cancelling their subscription? Who are? Yeah, hence, hence the. That's end why of we've this. had to it's stop. The, yeah, that's why we've had the to funds stop. aren't coming anymore. No, we can't not. keep up. Um, but if you do want to go to Baker's Cornish Bakehouse, then make no. your way towards Waitrose. Because our, our podcast is over now. Take a left and then take a right, and it's the second unit on your left for all of your baked goods needs. <laughs> That's the final plug. Mm. And and yeah, as you may have gathered by our little introduction there, for the final time, we have welcomed you to this month's episode because time for a cream tea is coming to an end. How do you feel? I mean, it's. I think we've had a good run, to be honest. I think we've had a good run. We've done three seasons across across three years. Yeah. I thought we would make a fourth season happen, but we managed three episodes. Well, this is the third. Everything has its season. And I think that sometimes you just need to recognise when, when seasons for different things come to an end. Um, you mean when you give up and yeah, you're right. not trying anymore? Yeah. And what we've decided to do for this, this episode sucks, man. <laughs> no one's listening to it. It's so our final who hurrah. cares? It's our final. No hurrah. one listens. So who cares? Um, so what we have decided to do for this final episode of Time for a Cream Tea is get some friends back together who have been on the podcast at one point or another um, to have a little chat. Um, so, so yeah, so yeah, we are, we are gathered here today, dearly beloved, (laughs) (laughs) to mourn, uh, for the, uh, for the requiem service of time for a cream tea, may God rest its soul. Joe, what's your plans for Christmas? For Christmas, Thomas, I'll be at my parents' house, um, with my sister and my brother nice my parents and my sister's husband as well and then boxing days when my other sister and her husband comes over with all of their kids and we do christmas day 2.0 with very nice presents very nice so so that'll be fun i'm off i've got a nice amount of time off for christmas who's surprised 
Um, <laughs> I'm off from Wednesday, which is wow. Nice. So I've got like essentially, I've got to work one day between Christmas and New Year. You're off from Wednesday until and essentially until the New Year. Wow. Because that's what I'm doing for for Christmas, Thomas. What about you? So for Christmas, Joe, I will <laughs> be I will be in Manchester. Manchester, Manchester. As we alternate every year. And so last year I was at home. And so this year I'll be in Manchester, which is always uh, very different from my house because there's no children. Mm. So I actually get some attention for once, which is nice. Your last Christmas as a non-married man. Wow. How does that make you feel? Very sad. (laughs) I'm joking. Uh, Say that in the presence of your (laughs) fiancé. I say a lot of things. Uh, how does it make me feel? I don't. Is that meant to make me feel something? <sighs> I don't know, come up with something. <laughs> I don't really feel anything about that. Megan, how does it make you feel? As a last year as a non-married um, man. As a non-married man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel anything about yes, it. Yes, come on, so it's not just me. Sorry. Thomas, from wait, from I hadn't finished. I'd oh. literally just started about my Christmas. Okay, go on. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be in Manchester on Christmas Day. And then we travel home on Boxing Day to do our Christmas day here yeah. with all the kids and uh, all of my sisters. Oh, my brother won't be here because he lives in America. Oh, big star. Um, rest in peace. But <laughs> he's alive. He's just he's far away. So that's my Christmas, Joe. Well, from my heart to yours, Thomas, I hope you have a blessed Christmas. You too, mate. What's Thank Christmas you. all about? Joe, if you were to sum up... Uh, Christmas in a few words how would you do it? What would I say Thomas? I'd say that Jesus is the reason for the season um, Great. and that's all I have to say really. Thomas if you could sum up Christmas in a Ooh. few words what would you say? I thought you'd never ask. What I'd say Joe is as you're opening your gifts and you see your family around you and they've all like sacrificed because remember gifts aren't free cost them time to buy you your gifts but remember that jesus sacrificed everything to come down to die on a cross to give you the greatest gift you've ever received bosh so today we're going to talk about the last few years so we've been um doing this podcast for uh something like three years roughly you know we've not worked it out but something like three years um and we just want to talk about like how things have changed like people can pour in their wisdom in this room of of where they were and where they are now uh and and kind of how three years is a long time a lot can happen in three years uh so yeah we're kind of just going to talk about that so yeah in the room today we are joined by our great friends who have been guests on the podcast previously so would you all like to introduce yourselves hello my name is megan smith cleveland to be i'm andrew lavers I am Laura Kelly. Are we saying second names? <laughs> it feels very official. I am Laura. <laughs> and I am Megan Kelly. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us for this final episode of Time for a Cream Tea. So we started this in February of 2021. I feel like, Thomas, a lot has changed in the last couple of years. So, so yeah, let's go around the room, actually. When, when you... Let's go around... When you think back over the last couple of years and you think where you were in 2021, where you are now, is there anything particularly that stands out? I mean, it was just before I met Thomas. Thomas met me. We met. Uh, I would have been working at the co-op in Manchester, having a really lovely time. I was planning on going to university in Birmingham in the following September. So a lot's changed in in that time for me. Uh, Looking back, that was just after the last uh, lockdown that we had to date, which makes it feel like a very long time ago. That feels like a really long time ago, doesn't it? Um, My work changed quite a lot in 2021. That's when I started started doing these little sort of side, side hustles. I was doing my video work. But yeah, sold a few... uh, Sold a few baggies on the side. No, I am. Um, no, it's funny. You know, we're all friends. We're just having a laugh. Um, I, I worked in a couple of coffee shops. Um, so you know, I I had a bit of a change of my work. Um, 
and had a baby. <laughs> it's weird to say those two things in the same sentence because they're not quite on the same level. Um, but yeah, it's just weird to look back and think how much has changed. Um, Andrew, you've gone from being a, a barista to being a, a dad now. What would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself having been a dad now for, I'm, I'm going to say four months? It's five. It's five and a half. Five? Ah, okay, I'll, I'll allow it myself. But uh, what would you say is, what have, what have you learned the most about yourself over the last five months? I feel like the barista part of that question is quite irrelevant, <laughs> isn't it? You went from being a barista to a dad. So how's it been being a dad for the past <laughs> five months? Oh, I don't know. It's hard. What's the, what's the main thing I've learned from being a dad? Um, I think it makes you think about the relationship you have with your own dad quite a lot in terms of like you start, you realise how your dad felt when he had you and because of AFI, my dad spent a lot more time with us recently, like, you know, coming to see him and stuff like that. So that's been really nice. It's been nice to, like, connect with him a bit more there. But also, obviously, like, having a son, you start to think about your relationship with your own dad. And it's made me, like, remember a lot of happy memories from my childhood that I'd, like, forgotten about that are really special. Um, and obviously, like, it makes you think a lot about your relationship with God because there's so many parallels between, like, how... Just as an example, kind of how dependent your child is on you for like literally everything. You know, they just sit there and cry and that could mean about 20 different things. And it's up to you as the parent to like find that thing. But, you know, it's like it really is like how we are with God. He's so patient with us because we just we don't really have anything to offer, do we? Um, But yeah, and, and obviously, like it sounds cliche, but like the love that you have for your your own child is pretty special and it definitely gives you a taste of that love that god has for you in like a father kind of way so yeah that's been really special it's it's well to think though that so i'm not a father but i am an uncle it's well to think i I know it's not the same i've not changed a single nappy i'm better which is great news i'm not really i'm I'm the worst but when you think about the love that you do have for for you for your son like for me for my nephews and nieces the, that love that you feel is almost kind of like it's so heart filling isn't it but it actually is completely tiny compared to the amount of love that God has for us yes I agree the other thing that I would say about you know the changes that I've noticed in my life in terms of being a dad is it has been such a privilege to see my wife Molly become a mum and I sort of I I knew when I married her that she was going to be such a good mum like she was born to be a mum she's basically been my mum for you know <laughs> five years um <laughs> uh you know my my mum looked after me for 22 years then I married Molly and she's basically taken over the job um and now she's passed it on to Afi and yeah she's just the most like natural mum and you know there's something about when you get married or even like when you're in a relationship with another Christian, like you just you want to see them step into like the things that they've been called to, right? You you love seeing them um, grow in their faith and in their you know walk with the Lord and whatever. But specifically in that, like with Molly, I've just noticed that she is such a natural mum, and it's lovely to see her um, like walk into that if that makes sense. And so that's been a real privilege to watch. Um, and honestly, it's been one of my favourite parts about being a parent. It's just been being able to like witness how natural she is at it um, and how well she looks after our little boy. Laura. Hello. What do you feel like the Lord's done in your heart in the last three years? Ooh, big question. Um, what has he done? He's done a lot in my heart in the last three years. Um, I... I had just started teaching three years ago and now in my fourth year Um, and I always went into teaching saying it's not going to become part of my identity I'm not going to be known as Laura the teacher but that's really hard because it does become quite a lifestyle and it does become um, kind of part of who you are and that took a real I would say negative turn for about like 18 about 18 months ago I started finding that really really hard and I started 
feeling the way that I had worked really hard not to feel so I started feeling really anxious again and really kind of on edge and I started doubting myself a lot and was really questioning who I was and what I was capable of and then in May of this no it wasn't it was March of this year I was like I think I'm done I think I need to hang up my teaching hat and look for something else um but then a job came up that I was really excited about and it was a teaching job and I thought you know what I'm gonna go for it and it actually maybe might make me fall in love with the job all over again and God did a huge work in my heart for that because in my head I shouldn't have got the job <laughs> like you you don't I don't think you ever I well I don't ever apply for a job thinking yeah I've got this like I applied for this job thinking oh if I don't get it that's okay like it but it it will kind of show me what I do want if if anything and God was so good and he got me the job and I've started at this new school and it's been amazing like it's completely transformed me and it's like I am a happy I am a happier person I'm so much happier than I was and it's made me really think about and really reflect on who I am in God's eyes because I spent so long thinking about who I was in my head teacher's eyes or who I was in the parents of my children's eyes or who I was in the government's eyes because they love to bash and shame teachers and actually I didn't actually spend a lot of time thinking about who I was in God's eyes and it really made me sit down and think about what I'm capable of and um I know it's a really 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 cheesy saying and it kind of does gripe me a little bit but it is true like he doesn't call the equipped he equips the called and I don't feel called to teaching it's something that I've been like yeah I think I would quite enjoy that and I've done it but he has given me the tools that I've needed and the where I'm at now like they're the hardest group of children I've ever had and they're you know the, the demographics really really tricky but I feel happier than I ever have and that is God's work and he has made me realize who I am as an individual and that's then reflected in my friendships and I've got the most amazing group of friends around me like I love them with my whole heart and most of them aren't Christians um but I feel like I've been able to be more sure of who I am in God and then show them who I am in God from spending time with them because he has just taught me so much um through that really really awful time like Megan will confess like I was a horrible person for like nearly two years because I was so miserable I was so angry I was really bitter I was really really bitter and um it had such a huge knock-on effect but the work that God has done has made me has filled my heart with so much joy I'm so grateful for the journey that he's taken me on it's been a painful one and it, I feel like I've been like refined but and there's a long way to go not like not finished <laughs> um but I'm in much better shape than I was so I'm so grateful to God for that because it, it wouldn't have been possible without him so Megan uh thank you Laura by the way that was great uh Megan what about you you've gone through a lot of you know different ch like things in the last couple of years new jobs um and stuff <laughs> I it's mean, been great uh, you know how's how's the last two years been for you what has what has God taught you in in the last couple of years yeah so 2021 I was still working with adults with learning disabilities um in like a day center sort of setup and we did lovely things and i played snap probably about eight times a day and then i sort of like after the third lockdown i then started doing like domiciliary and palliative care so like going into elderly people's homes who had either like physical needs mental health needs and then also sort of like went into world of palliative care so like end of life care for elderly people um and obviously all of that was like in the time of covid so it was all like hazmat suit up and meeting people at a pretty scary time um i absolutely loved it to be honest i think in a nutshell that sounds really depressing but you're going into homes and meeting people that really did just need somebody to give them a smile but an eye smile rather than a mouth smile because you can't see a mouth but going in with a happy face and giving them a cup of tea and <laughs> making their bed and having a chat with them um so i loved that a lot um and it was also nice to sort of like build relationships with the families as well because they knew they begin to knew, know you and you were the person going in to see their family member every single day um so i really really loved that um i became very tired of sort of like 12 hour shift work and then 
the next day having to wake up and then go in and play snap eight times a day and repeat myself 101 times which did bring me a lot of joy but after five years of being in that job I was pretty exhausted um so started looking for other jobs never really found anything that sort of struck me as overly exciting and then March of this year um I started a new job um with the youth offending team so we've been doing like diversion work for young kids that have um, been in trouble with the police or have court dates coming up um, and meet them down in custody do some lovely little assessments on them and then have about six or well, three to six months of like really getting to know them um, identifying their needs identifying the needs of their families um, just doing loads of, sort of like emotional and social work with them really um, and that I think has taught me the most and although working in the day centre brought an abundance of challenges I only ever saw them in the centre I was never in and out of their homes of sort of understanding their lives to like any great depth um, but with these young people I'm in their homes once a week I'm in their schools once a week I'm seeing their families and seeing their teachers doctors every aspect of their life I'm a part of um, and that has taught me the most that I think I've ever been taught in terms of work um, the Lord's taught me great patience um, great empathy these lovely families and I think Christmas time like I found Christmas quite challenging this time around like I love Christmas and I Laura about this I feel sick and I'm 22 years old but on the lead up to Christmas I am bouncing off the walls um but this year has been slightly trickier because you know Christmas is all about in my eyes loving people well um and reminding people of who Jesus is and equally reminding myself of who Jesus is and what he's done for me um, but then I'm walking into homes that are literally breaking at the seams. Um, no food on the tables, very broken families, lots of domestic violence, lots of horrific things happening. Um, but my prayer life has become so much stronger than it was. I think I definitely, in the last year, my faith was very rocky, very tricky. Um, but this job very much has sort of like brought me back to Jesus and made me see how much I do need him working with these families. Um, and even quick prayers on the way there to the houses have been a lifesaver, quite literally. Um, he's given me things to say. He's given me things to offer. Um, he's given me an abundance of patience for families that don't particularly want my support, but I know that they need it. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing has just been a softer heart um, through all of it. And rather than, although I'm very, very grateful for everything that I have and the upbringing that I've been given and having a roof over my head, I'll always be forever grateful for that. But it's softened my heart to what people are lacking. Um, and equally, he has opened my eyes to what I can offer, whether it be just sitting and listening for two, three hours, which I do often. Um, or just saying, you know, it is okay. Um, even when it's not quite okay. But <laughs> yeah, I think patience, um, a lot of grace. Um, and a lot of empathy is my main sort of lessons of the last three years. Very good. Very good, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Yeah, it's good nice. to hear that. Very good to hear that. So, from one Megan to another Megan, uh, Megan, <laughs> 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 tell us. Reflecting on the last few years, Megan, what have been the standout moments where you feel like the Lord has moved the most or has had to uh, shout the loudest? Um, I think the biggest thing over the last three years is um, some people may have noticed we've been engaged twice now <laughs> in the space of however long, three years nearly. <laughs> thanking you and I mean I won't go into the specifics because no one needs to hear it but I think the the time um, after we got unengaged I guess you'd call it um, that was really sad I moved back to Manchester after being in Cornwall and in a job that um, I actually hated so it <laughs> kind of did me a favour <laughs> <laughs> I um, moved back to Manchester, had, didn't have a job, didn't have really any friends or community and obviously I just got unengaged which was very sad, slightly traumatic. Um, but I just remember going to um, 
David's tent that summer, which was like, I think like a month after everything had happened and I'd moved back and I just got to the point where like, I was literally like on my knees, like I literally have nothing to give you, like to the Lord, like I was like, I have nothing to give God, I have nothing in me emotionally, I have no like, this is an insecurity thing, not like a factual thing, but like I was like, I have n- I have like no skills to give you. I've got nothing practical or emotional or spiritual to give God. Like I, all I have is like, I could barely even sing. Um, and I think I just like, I wasn't at the point where I was just like on my knees and I was like, God, I literally have nothing and I don't know what to do. Um, and I just remember feeling like such an overwhelming sense of like, that's kind of the point, like, that's literally the point of the gospel is that like we don't need to bring anything um we don't need to like have anything um like to offer god um as a sacrifice like he is the sacrifice and so like i like being in a point where like i just felt so at the end of myself and to be able to know that like the lord's grace is still over me and like still over thomas and like his mercy really is new every single morning i know we say it all the time but it just felt so real um and I think just like yeah I think just learning to be and not do was huge um yeah I think that was a that was a big big standout moment and just how he's redeemed it over the last 18 months is it 18 months I think um I never thought, I'm going to be honest, I was very doubtful that we'd get to a point where we'd be engaged again. Um, but just seeing what the Lord's done in my heart and in Thomas's heart has just been like such a privilege to see and to witness. Um, yeah, so it's all fun and games. No, I just wanted to say that as like friends of mine, I'm, I'm proud of all three of you girls because you work very hard jobs, okay? And I was wondering like specifically funny enough to both the megans first how how have you managed to balance working in jobs that demand so much of your like emotional energy and like seeing some really hard things hearing really hard things how do you how do you manage to like bear that weight um and how has that kind of impacted your walk with god i struggled with this for a very long time and i still do if i'm honest i still find it really hard so for people who don't know Uh, I work for um, a domestic abuse service in Cornwall. Um, My specific role is working with outreach clients, so people who are homeless, um, have a drug and alcohol dependency and or a mental health sort of need, kind of on the more sort of severe end. Um, Yeah, so they're, they're the kind of people that I work with. I think that it's that classic thing of like, it sounds really simple, um but it's actually really hard but just remembering to like ask for the lord's heart like every single day like my clients i love them they're wonderful people and so deserving of feeling safe and having support in every area of their life they're not the easiest people all the time i'm sure it's the same for you meg yes (laughs) there's days where i like want to just carry them out of their home and take them like somewhere to get them to do stuff um and there's just it's just manic it's chaos most days um and I think it's just every single day every hour of the day before every call before every visit just being like like lord like how do you like give me your eyes like what do you see in this person that like I in my humanness will not see and I'll just be frustrated by and like like show me that give me that heart like there's really no other way to do it and in that space I haven't asked for it um and I haven't done anything to like be proactive in this but I think there's just something that the Lord's really just preserved and like protected in my heart where like I can get to the end of the day and be like tomorrow one of my clients might not even be alive but like I can like get to like the end of the day and somehow switch off from it which I think is such a miracle and I wouldn't be able to do my job day to day if I didn't have that 
like switch switch off time and I just think like it isn't anything that I've done like it is just the Lord just being really kind and being really gracious um yeah I still find it very hard um truthfully I think when I started the job my faith wasn't in a good place at all if if possible non-existent um so me turning to the Lord didn't happen I woke up I went into work I came home and I did the same thing over and over and over again um I'd say for a couple months and in that time I think looking back on those children that I had on my caseload and the time I spent with them I kick myself ever so slightly because although I feel like I loved them well and we had a laugh and they were able to be honest and open with me I wasn't able to see the support that they truly needed and I wasn't able to look past their their defiance but their defiance was down to trauma and their, def- their defiance was down to things that had happened in their past where they've been told they're not good enough so they're never going to show me who they really are because they don't feel like it's enough um so I went in and I did a couple weeks work with them if I'm honest and then I'd sign them off and I'd go on to the next um but I ended up being given a young man to do some work with and Laura can vouch for this as well he was probably the hardest and most challenging young man I have ever come across in my whole entire life um he has had an horrific lifestyle um he hated my guts mum um was a beautiful woman she's had an awful life also and that that family I thank privately because they very much spurred me on to turn back to Jesus because I think without him I would have not been able to go into that house near enough every single day to make sure that this young lad has not beaten his mum up black and blue um and if I didn't have Jesus and I didn't turn back to actually being like right Lord okay like Meg said like give me the eyes to see what you're really wanting me to see and the ears to hear what you're really really needing me to hear right now to be able to provide this family with the right support um so as much as he was hard work and I came home exhausted and I came home frustrated and I'd cry and I'd shout and then I'd go back and welcome him with a big hug um he taught me a lot in that time and the Lord absolutely used that family as a way for me to turn back to him and be like right Meg's right there's no chance that you're going to excel in this job if you're not going to use me as a tool within the rest of everything that you're doing um and I think from then onwards with the young people that I've got now you know and I don't mean this in a prideful way but there's many days I come home and I can say to Laura what the heck like I think I've done a good like I've done a good job there like they spoke to me for more than 10 minutes or they actually came open the door to me they didn't shout at me through the like the bedroom window telling me to do one um or like just little milestones I've seen like the Lord move in so many different ways um a lot of it through communication um we, we do lots of work with social care um and GPs and CAMs and all those fun people um and a lot of the time I chat to them before I meet the young person and a lot of the time as well they say you know you won't get a word out of them they won't speak to you and I go in and I sit down and I can start off a conversation where they feel comfortable and then we grow in a relationship and a lot of it the Lord has used well his patience and his grace and his like teaching me has been seen and been so visible through my relationships that I've grown with these kids um but yeah the hard work and I joke around that they're probably like watching these kids behave that the way they are is like contraception in itself like it puts you off children for the rest of your life but purely because you're bringing them up in a world that is so broken and so so sad um not because of who they are and I think it is simply reminding them (coughs) simply just reminding them how beautiful and how loved that they are and um in a world that is horrific and a world that is not a place for children and is a scary place to bring up children um but yeah that was a waffle but i hope that makes sense thanks guys laura i wanted to ask you about your work in particular um when it comes to you know the amount of time pressure that you have on the work that you do you have to work a lot of overtime and things like that but also obviously you're doing something really important you're investing you're investing into a lot of young people um and you have such a you know you you play such an important role in their development but because of the time pressure that it puts on you how do you 
manage that well a uh, big question because i'm still figuring it out <laughs> um i think my i think my work-life balance is probably the best it's been so far yet this year in terms of when i walk through the door and i get into school in the morning i'm in there like maybe an hour and 45 minutes before the children come in so that's i use that as my admin time that's like my anything that's not directly child focused time is my admin time and then when the children come in at quarter to nine i consciously and it's really hard like some days it's really hard because you're getting emails and you're getting notes and you're getting this needs to be done by 20 past three but i really try really hard to make that quarter to nine until 20 past three time the child's time like in that in those six and a half hours i'm not an admin assistant i'm not a you know i'm not a data analysis analyst i i am teacher i am miss kelly and i think i've had to make that a really conscious decision because i was getting so caught up in that well i can't sit and t- do that with you right now i'll talk to you about that right now because i'm having to do this and i'm having to do that but i've had to really spend a lot of time separating those two things um because you can't be all at once and actually the biggest challenge I find with being a teacher is you're not just a teacher, you're not just there to teach them their times tables and make sure they're getting their spellings right. But like for most of my children, day to day, I am their mum, their dad, their grandparent, their social worker, their mental health worker, their confidant, their psychologist, their behavioural therapist. Like I am their everything for those six hours, as are all the other amazing staff that I work alongside. And I can't be those things if I'm focusing on, oh, I've got this deadline that needs to be reached. So I've tried really hard to balance that. And I've really, really, really learned the importance of relationships. So like my first half term at school is always spent thinking, right, who is this child? Like I've got 30 children in my class this year. So it's taken me a really long time to get to, kn- to get to know them well. But I've tried to find one little thing for each of them that I can relate to. So when they walk through the door every morning, I'm like, oh, how was that thing that you did at the weekend or did you watch our girl this week or how did your dance show go like just making them know that I'm there for them and I'm not just this kind of person at the front of the room that um is there to to teach them but I care for them and I love them and I I love them and I think that's why I come home so drained some days because I'm just like they haven't got it today and I know they can and I see their potential but you know and I love them so deeply which is why I get so frustrated and so worn out I think um but it is it's really hard and I've had to work really really hard on not letting things get really personal or not letting you know that day that somebody's thrown a chair at me and called me every name under the sun that's not me that they're angry at they're just they're just really frustrated and it's, it's taken a long time and there are still days where I'm like oh we had a really good day yesterday why do they hate me today um it's a real balance and I think just prioritizing without sounding really selfish like prioritizing me sometimes so like there's many days now where I don't bring my laptop home it stays at school and it's like actually if it can't be done if it can't be done before five o'clock then it's not getting done today that can wait till tomorrow and as long as what the children need is done first then everything else can wait that's kind of the tact I've tried to take it doesn't always work but I'm get better now aren't I like I used to be up to like tw- midnight like typing away which just isn't good for anybody (laughs) yeah yeah thank you ladies for sharing all that you've shared um uh and you andrew it's been uh it's it's uh it's been just just great kind of hearing how the last few years um have been for you how you've how you've grown how the lord has kind of moved you on on in your various seasons um that's been great um Thomas, as we as we come into close, is there is there anything that you know specifically over the last couple of years for you that um, that 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 God has really kind of moved in your moved in your life for? If, there, if there's anything uh, in particular, yeah, I guess for me it was harder because it was mainly Megan's choice to cool things off, and so it meant that it was i mean it was devastating first of all but it also forced me to like stop when you're in these situations like you're just kind of doing what you're doing and then it's not until you stop that the lord 
sometimes you don't hear the Lord's voice until you stop, right? You like ignore it and ignore it and ignore it. And you probably hear it, you just ignore it. And then when everything kicks off and you bother to stop, which some people don't, and then you go into this spiral and it gets worse. Luckily for me, I managed to stop and like kind of reflect on everything. And it meant that the Lord kind of like spoke to me about my failings and where I needed to grow and it sounds bad but it was probably one of the best things that happened to us was the fact that we were you Megan was wise enough to to say all right I'm not giving up but I need things to change and then in that we both had to allow the Lord to speak into what that change looked like and how he was going to do that. And I guess it was easy for me to want to take control and try and save the whole situation and try it. Like, man, we just want to be a hero, right? That's all we ever want to be. And so there were so many times where I had to, like, just let go of it and say, if it doesn't work out, that's what it's meant to be. If, like, you know what I mean? You go through these scenarios and you're just like, maybe if I do this or I do this or I do that and I just had to go you know what I can't do any of those things I've just got to trust in the Lord and allow him to do whatever he wants to do and so yeah I guess the last uh when was that the last year however long it's been year and a bit um has kind of felt like the Lord has gone like when I did my DTS he dealt with like the top surface stuff so i imagine this like blacksmithing like when you smelt stuff you have to take off the top cuttings and it's always like the big bits and then as you refine it and you and you refine it the smaller pieces start coming up after that and so i'm in that like second stage of all these smaller pieces that are down below but they're still there they started to come up but it means that what has what is being melted down is purer and so the lord has had to like purify me and deal with the deeper things which are harder things um so yeah it's kind of been a uh humbling experience because you have to humble yourself and the lord tells you something that you like and then you humble yourself and then he reminds you of what you like and then you humble yourself and then it's just like this ongoing battle of like lord help me to be humble but humble me so yeah it's been a big lesson but one that i'm glad i learned and one that i'm glad that we got through as well i think that we're all glad that you got through as well because we're very excited to see you guys get married next year on that joe what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in the last three years or just in general the biggest thing that the lord has done through you in the last three years andrew that's a that's a great question do you do you want to do you want to buy the rights to this podcast (laughs) because um yeah andrew that's a that's a great question um you know the in the last kind of three years the year that sticks in my mind is 2022 especially the latter half of it um because honestly it's the hardest six months of my life um like going through going through 2020 and 2021 through the pandemic yeah it sucked but you know i just got on with it i think i think as blokes i think with a lot of things we just generally just kind of have that attitude of like okay well things might be might be rubbish but we just gotta get on with it i you know stuck my head into work stuck my head into being an uncle and, like, and all these sorts of things and used all of these different things to distract myself from actually what was a really crap few years because i'm kind of i'm like an extroverted introvert right like i like my time on my own but the extroverted side of me suffered during that couple of years where i couldn't have the community around me that i'm that i need from time to time in order to kind of build me up and, and stuff like that um but then I came to 2022 and then specifically to the middle of July of 2022 and my nephew Cass was born and he was born everything was fine 
and he came home I went to see him and then three hours or four hours later he was on a ventilator and we were told essentially to prepare ourselves for the worst so he had meningitis sepsis and um meningitis sepsis and strep b which basically cause all kinds of havoc with his blood chemistry and it, you know nearly killed him um but all of that to say like that was such a tough period of my tie of, of my life but it forced me into this position with god that i'd never been in before where literally all i could do was just completely rely on him like i'd never been in a situation in my life where I, I'd been like, like there's always been things that, you know, you get on your knees and you pray about. Help me to do well in my exam or, you know, help me get that job. You know, all, all things that actually, when it comes down to it, are quite superficial. I'd never been in a situation before where I literally, I got on my knees and I was like, God, I've got nothing. And um, it forced me into this position of complete abandonment to his will because I had to accept that what he would do, he would do. Because there's nothing I could do. And I, and it was an unfamiliar situation being in where I, I was in a situation where I, I literally couldn't do anything. All I could do was pray. Um, and so kind of being forced into that, into that kind of headspace and into that dynamic of relationship with Jesus was, was pretty intense. Um, and I, the things that I kind of witnessed through that were, were just incredible as well um like i remember after the kind of the you know the stormy waves had settled of, of that kind of period i did a i did a post on instagram essentially just kind of like because we had so many people like coming together and praying for Cass and like and all of these sorts of things and the thing that i witnessed again that i'd never witnessed before well the thing that i think all of us have witnessed with christian community is that it can be quite dysfunctional but what I witnessed was actually that when when the body of Christ puts aside all of this rubbish and all this crap that really doesn't matter that much and we all come together with like a common goal and a common purpose that miracles can happen and I witnessed that with Cass because you know he was two days old and he had like thousands of people like literally thousands of people around the world praying for him um, and I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that it was the power of prayer and and that intercession for him that brought him through uh and now i've got a year and a bit old nephew who isn't deaf isn't blind is running around like an absolute lunatic um and he's like the happiest little chap like ever and every time he sees me he gives me cuddles and it warms my heart because i had mentally prepared myself for that he that he wouldn't kind of be here so kind of being forced into that in uncomfortable situation but witnessing what i witnessed and how that to use your words thomas refined me and refined my relationship with jesus and brought me to this place of abandonment to him and, and to what i knew he could do but in, in that i knew that god could heal him but had to bring myself to a place of acceptance if he didn't because his will be done um was absolutely mental um and you know and that whole kind of situation like absolutely smacked my mental health as well like that's not something that's familiar to me is you know my mental health kind of going absolutely through the floor um but again like god had brought me to a position where i could completely rely on him in that as well and then he brought me out of it and it and you know and that was a like thankfully like a quick turnaround of going from a place of like this kind of mental exhaustion and just being like flipping heck I just getting up in the morning was just hard and he kind of brought me through that and turned me around um and brought me to a place of of normality which is is what we like <laughs> um so so yeah that's i think that's the standout moment for me um from the from the last few years um yeah thanks for the question andrew so we have come to the end of the end of our podcast oh, what a good way to say it 
and yes Drew we're going to do an award ceremony and you will win most appeared guest um to be fair I think this episode could probably drag out over three months (laughs) (laughs) and then we just carry on (laughs) yeah we'll actually be back in April (laughs) no we're not uh so guys this is it uh for to my mum and to Joe's mum uh we're glad you made it to the end (laughs) and thanks for listening thanks everyone for listening yeah this is this has been a a fun a fun couple years um it's been great to tackle some um some tough subjects together it's been great to have good conversation with with friends um and to build a little bit of community around whether jam or cream goes first (laughs) on a scone um it's always the jam guys in our first episode of of time for a cream tea I had to toe the Devon line because I live in Devon. I had to say it. It pained me. I had to say that you dollop the cream and then you dollop the jam. Mm. It's all levels of wrong. It's all levels of wrong. <laughs> you spread the jam. Feels like you a dollop the cream. Wow. I'm obviously a Cornishman at heart. Um, <laughs> what a way to end. Um, I still very much live in Devon though. Plymouth Argyle, yeah. So, thank you to our guests for for coming on uh, to this episode uh, and for joining us. Thank you, Megan, Megan, Laura, and Andrew. Ladies and gents, we hope uh, that you've enjoyed this episode. We hope that you have a blessed Christmas, Mm. a a wonderful new year Mm. um, filled with life and love and laughter. Mm. And... uh, we more or less know everyone that listens to this, so I'm sure we'll see you around. Come and say hi. <laughs> so, so we'll just we'll see you if, later. If you want to hear our podcast again, just ask us a question. Yeah, just talk to us. Just talk to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been Joe. I've been Thomas. And wow. together we have been time for a cream tea. Ciao for now. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Everyone on three. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.